Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's Accelerate Your Performance podcast. I'm your host, Janet Pilcher. Thank you for tuning into our show today. This podcast is all about leadership. Now, I don't mean leadership as a position. It's all about how we can all see great leadership in action so that we can all be leaders in our organizations. Leadership is for everyone. And the focus of leadership connects to the nine principles framework highlighted in my new book, Hardwiring Excellence in Education. As many of you know, we're offering a book study for the new book, Hardwiring Excellence in Education, about every other week. On one podcast episode prior to the book study, I highlight one of the leaders I highlighted in the book that around that chapter. So the next book study is on principle two, measures that matter, chapter two. Our guest today is Dale Shaver. He's highlighted in chapter two and on this podcast, we talk about the story behind the story and that's what I'm gonna do with Dale today. So let's jump into today's episode. As I mentioned, we have a special guest joining us today on the show, Dale Shaver. I'd love to tell you a little bit about him before we begin. He's been on our show before, but let me remind you who Dale is. Dale serves as the director of Waukesha County Department of Parks and Land Use in Waukesha County, Wisconsin. As director, Dale is responsible for a comprehensive range of countywide services and functions in the areas of economic and community development and environmental health. Dale has significant experience in optimizing organizational performance through strategic direction, performance measurement, mentoring, and collaborations. He serves as a cabinet-level advisor to the county executive. Dale is a partner with Studer Education, and he is a model leader in how he applies measures that matter with excellence. Measures that matter is principle, too. And it's in our nine principles framework highlighted in Hardwiring Excellence in Education. During the pandemic, Dale's team supported 16 school districts across Waukesha County, relying on using data to problem solve, aligning key actions to solve problems and tracking progress metrics to uh, achieve goals. That's what's highlighted in the book. But today, again, we're gonna tell the story behind the story with Dale. We'll dig in to how Dale applied measures that matter to help his organization achieve excellent results. It's with great pleasure that I welcome Dale back to our show. Dale, welcome back. Well, thanks, Pat. Nice to see you again. By the way, before we get started, I have this great new book laying in front of me with a bunch of dog ear pages already. (laughs) I was looking forward to coming on today. Uh, Janet, I regard you as not only a colleague, but a friend. And so your work here on the nine, uh, the platform is the nine principles are just so good, not only for education, but I think any sector, any business that cares about organizational excellence. So uh, thank you for sharing your time and talent with all of us. It's just yeah. a great. Thank you. And, you know, I think it's really important, Dale, what you've done. And, uh, you know, most of our work has been in education, but you've done such a great job in transferring that work to the county government. Um, and we, you know, uh, at a, KK's working with a couple of our local uh, county government organizations. So we always use you as an example of where they uh, need to get to. So, uh, and and good progress there. We've got a mayor who really believes in the work and hopefully uh, they'll look at the work that you all have done to really see um, how they can really benefit from it. So. As we, as we get started, let's just refresh some of our listeners' uh, memory. If you'll tell us a little bit about yourself and your role with as the director of Waukesha County Department of Parks and Land Use. Yeah, th- thanks, Jen. 
So I really serve in a capacity of working on economic and, and community development projects and issues in the county. I would say probably the best way to describe that is if we're successful, Waukesha County is a great place to locate or expand your business or a place for uh, families and individuals to live. Uh, and so a vibrant economy is really our, our mission, if you will. And when it comes to our park programs, if we offer, we know that if we offer a high quality park system, that also is a great attraction for workforce, which not only helps our businesses that we're expanding here, but as you know, for most of your clients, it's a great feeder program for school districts as well. And so uh, economic and community development is a broad uh, circle that engages education as well. And we take it very serious here. And I would say, as you know, Janet, I have the pleasure of working with a leadership team here that works and plays to our strengths. And so we call that swimming outside of our lanes. And what it allows us to do, I think, when we have very challenging projects, we can just tap into our best skill sets, irregardless of title or without being confined by uh, the artificial barriers of a department name to really work on service. And so it's just a great place to be and be able to deliver service like in this kind of platform. Yeah, so good. And you all do that so well. And you know, one of the things that we're focusing on today, uh, Dale, is Chapter Two and Hardwiring Excellence in Education, and and Principal Two. And um, you've got a strong team that follows most all principles, if not all of them, in the in the book. But I just wanted to double down a little bit on your story of with measures that matter, because you all do that exceptionally well. It's a major strength of your team is really defining problems and aligning actions to build solutions to those problems and tracking the progress metrics. So now talk a little bit more. Uh, I highlighted a little bit in the book, but let's get deeper. You know, what does this process look like for your team? Sure. Um, well, first, I'm a strong believer in the practice of culture before strategy. And I would admit, I'll admit that, man, I wish I would have figured this out much earlier <laughs> in my career. Because what I've learned over the years, uh, Janet, by practicing a lot of this is, when our organization clearly understands the direction and maybe more importantly, the why, and they feel empowered to make those decisions to those outcomes. In fact, one of your uh, team will refers to it as delegating to the edges, really down to, again, without worrying about title, if our team down to our front desk staff really understand where we're going and feel empowered to make day-to-day -day decisions to help us get there, we very often find success. Um, and it's so important to us now that we monitor this. Those are very specific questions in our employee engagement survey. Uh, are you frequently asked your opinion? Do, do you feel that your work aligns with our strategic objectives? Do you feel empowered? And so it's a, a continuous improvement cycle around those philosophies, just because we know that's the secret sauce. And as you know, those the material that you present in your hardwiring for excellence, the nine principles, they're just taught here. And as we onboard our staff now, we have what we call our core curriculum that every new staff, regardless of position, they're introduced to classes that we self-teach with our own experts because of you uh, on continuous improvement, uh, service excellence, and measuring what matters. We also then pair that employee with what we call a cultural ambassador. That's not an original thought. By the way, we stole that from education. Uh, and quite frankly, my children were blessed by going to an elementary school that when they came in the kindergarten, they were paired with a big buddy that was a yeah. fifth grade student. And so 
we thought, well, if it works there to acclimate a student to a new elementary school, what if we did that and we use some of our, our cultural ambassadors that really model organizational excellence here, or our culture, that we can welcome our, our new team members. And Janet, I think that's a real key tactic that helps us continue to hardwire our culture going forward. So we're always just investing from day one into mm -hmm. what that means. And I would say the next is when we assign or we empower our staff to be project managers on a project that are really trying to get at a strategic outcome or a key operational uh, need, they just know that the first thing we're going to be looking for is what is the baseline information? What's the data tell us? First of all, do we even have a problem? Um, so if we have that, we know automatically that we can clearly uh, define what the, what the problem statement is. And then we'll use that data to prepare a smart objective. And now that project manager is very equipped to meet with their project team to explain what's the desired outcome, our timeline, and they're set for success. The blueprint has now been established. And very, very infrequently do we ever see variance from uh, that path. And so, again, I think just the discipline of that, uh, yeah. that system okay. is really valuable. So good. And I, you know, I think it's what you just said, you know, it's the discipline in that system, right, as well. You've created the system, provided support to people and trained to it, it which obviously is, is important. Sometimes we forget that, though, and it's extremely important. And, you know, as you think about building that discipline and building that system, sometimes it's what we talk about is that consistency of leadership practices and staying in alignment and focusing on the right work. Like if we can do those things, have the consistency with the leadership, know what those systems are and focus on the right work, you know, then we usually can achieve the results and the outcomes that we want. Or if we, if we're not moving in a, in a direction that we want, we know how to make those adjustments. Um, so how do you and your team stay aligned and move in the same direction and focus on that right work? Yeah, and I would I would also say the other thing I've learned, Janet, is that while the project and the outcome is very important because we put such value on the strategic direction or the the overall goal, I've I really come to the point where it's equally as important or even more valuable is that our team has learned how to do this, right? And so we can take and throw them into any other project that they won't be a subject matter expert in. But now they're equipped with the skills to lead something like this. And so the more we train that, to me, that's the bigger organizational win, and which is why I'm such an advocate for uh, culture over strategy. Mm -hmm. When we get this down, Janet, I, we've had staff that are totally unrelated to a particular outcome are having success in leading a, a project team. So that's just a lot of fun to watch. To keep that lane established or the discipline, if you will, um, I would say that we've tried some new things in the past four years now, all around our strategic planning process. I think us, like most organizations, we've got, we have it figured out where you do the environmental scan, the big idea analysis, and, and move down the path. But what we really tried this the last two cycles here is let's be mindful about who's at the table and how are we doing this? And so we have been using uh, strength finder assessments mm -hmm. to be very mindful in who we pick from our team uh, to serve on this process. And specifically what we're looking for are our strategic thinkers. 
our influencers, our executors, and our relationship builders. We find that if we have that, that really healthy mix, you bring in a really good perspective and you begin to see where people are just playing to their strengths throughout that process. And I would also say that as we are very mindful and not only picking people because of their strength, we're also because employees, we watch each other, right? And yeah. I think in your training, uh, mid-performers or newer employees are always watching around for who's modeling what's right, right? I want to be successful. So we are also real, very mindful to pick our mid to high performers because we want them recognized as being leaders in different projects and things. So that's, I would say that's a very key and deliberate uh, move as well. So that team will move through the whole process. Um, and when we get to those key strategic themes, we assign a staff person to be a project manager, usually somebody that's very strong in the executing uh, skill sets or strengths. And then our leadership team will, will help them pick their project team. We want to set them up for success right out of the chute. We're going to give them their A team so that if those that we're just clearly saying to our team, we care the most about our strategic objectives versus anything else we're doing, and we're putting our A teams on it. And then I would say we ask those project managers to appear before our uh, leadership team quarterly just to give us an update. And I will retire out of this position, not truly understanding that in my mind, I'm just one of the staff, right? Mm -hmm. But they come to the director's office or they come to the leadership. I'm thinking it's kind of like going to the principal's office as a kid. <laughs> what am I going there for, right? And what I think it's what why that's a key piece for us, Janet, is it has created such pride and mm -hmm. accountability in the staff that are leading those projects that while they may be a little nervous about how do I present this, they are excited to showcase their work. Yeah. Um, and that yeah. is such a gift. And I would say mm -hmm. in the nugget inside the nugget, that's one thing that we did that uh, has created this environment or deepened it that employees are working with purpose. Yeah. You know, Dale, as you're talking, you know, one of the things that was really important to me when I was writing the book, and the book is about leadership, but I really wanted to make a point that it's not about leadership in regard to a position. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, everyone can be a leader. Everyone can gain leadership skills and be part of an organization as a leader. And I, I think, if, if, am I right with, with what I'm thinking here? I mean, you, that's should, what you're presenting is such a great example of that. It's not necessarily people in positions, but you're really empowering people across the organization um, to exert leadership skills in particular ways that help move the, the organization forward. I can, I am, and this is a different thought process for me over the years. I, I'm honored to sit here and say in the last two strategic planning cycles for this department, setting the, the direction I did not have to touch much yeah. because the process was set. They understand it. These are people that live it every day. They know what we need to do. And my job is simply just to set some loose sideboards on it to, to keep the discipline of the practice. And quite frankly, coaching the learning. Yes. I think that's what my role has become on, so on this type of work now. Yeah, that's so good, Dale. And, you know, that's, you know, that you've, moved yourself in the right place when you're really a good coach to others, right? That's really the, 
um, as an executive leader, you know, that's where we all want to be. We want to provide that strategic direction in terms of where we're trying to go from a visionary perspective and empower others to really help us get there and then really nurture those relationships and coach people, you know, to move along with their teams. So um, such a such a great example and role model for for the way that this works. I'm going to shift just a little bit because when we work with school systems, you know, they're having to work with boards and there are all different types of ways that that they have to manage that. And I I, I still think I'm optimistic and, and, I, and I still think regardless of the external factors that play in, uh, if we do the, the things that are most significant, like you're talking about, in the long run, we're going to win out, right? And so... So just, I'd like to just kind of get hear from you as a leader who works with the board. You know that establishing strong relationships are important and essential. You know, so how do you and your team develop that relationship of trust with your board and and the community as a whole? Because I I think we could learn from that as we transfer that into education. Yeah, I think I think this is a real key topic, Janet. Right now, as you and I have talked uh, previously on this, that. I think our teams in an organization look to senior leadership to have the relationships that are needed by the organization to either advance where we're going or to eliminate barriers. And I think this hits this board relationship smack on target. Um, So we take this very serious here. And so county government is no different than school districts or tech college boards. And that is we have board members that are, are served bring it, uh, to their elected role, their own community perspectives. Many of them have experience in businesses. And so because so many of them have some business experience or business experience, we have found that it's more important when we initially touch that the introduction or the onboarding process, it's, it's not so important anymore for us to talk about what we do. We will get to that through the actions that they will be involved in. We'll give them the context of that. But what's really important I'm finding is that we talk to them about how this organization directs itself and makes business deci- and makes decisions using business principles. Mm-hmm. Said another way that uh, we work in a business-like manner. And I think for mm-hmm. a policy body or elected official coming in that may have a perception, it can be very empower- it can be very impactful for them to be hit right away with, oh, this is different. Just because it's a public body doesn't or a public organization doesn't mean it can't run really effectively like a business. And so for context for uh, our listeners, Our board, our county board, is comprised of 27 elected members who serve two-year terms. So each representative will uh, represent about 14,800 voters in the county. And so last year, our board held 101 board and committee meetings to discuss 133 policy actions. So we learn a lot every year. We are always in this, what did we do? What could we do differently in an improvement process? And I would say those key takeaways, Janet, are this. You need to view your board as your policy partner and build that relationship. And that means they may come in with certain uh, political views or perceptions. That's all okay. Ask about them, understand them, because it plays into your understanding of what the community needs are and how I'm going to work and message what we're going to do here, right? 
Mm-hmm. And so when we when to build trust, I think about those key things that we make data driven decisions. Yeah. These aren't emotional decisions, right? And that if you have data, it builds that trust. It bolsters the argument. If you can create the visuals, and quite frankly, it's easier for them to digest that with the story, so they can repeat it, right? Now you're Good. now you're converting skeptics potentially into advocates and influencers, right? Very, yes. uh, it's a very different presence on your board. We're very clear with the why. It just gets back to the credibility and the trust. Uh, we validate our sources and our ac- our data accuracy. If we come in with half-baked information, we're not using our baseline, we're not using our benchmark information, we're undermining our own credibility and undermining trust. We talk to them very openly about how we invest in continuous improvement training and we practice it. Right now, we're close to 40% of our labor force in this department that have some form of a a lean certification belt. Uh, And that's just, again, I can say, I can share that with our board and it indicates to them that this team is working with its head up, looking for ideas on how to improve literally every day. And so, Janet, those types of things, sharing that and being even transparent with our employee engagement data, with our customer service data, all of that just builds trust and confidence. Yeah. You know, and um, as we think about the measures that matter, you know, what you're talking about, Dale, is, you know, just something that as I was writing the book just became so significant to me throughout is, is that we have data and evidence in front of us but it's the conversations that we have around that evidence that are the most important. That's the most important. I mean, and how that's how we connect people to our, the work where there's employees. That's how we help people move from just kind of an opinion or emotion, or I'm just, I've got this, you know, I, I'm talking from my personal standpoint to bringing them back to let's look at what's in front of us. And I, I think what you're, what you're talking about, is really really engaging a board in very meaningful conversations around that evidence and giving them that opportunity to really decipher that, provide input and manage to that. And I love what you said too, that helps them talk to the people that they're accountable to, right? Yes. Um, so you're giving them those tools to do that. And that's really the, you know, to me, the value of measures. It's not measured just to measure something but it's measures to really engage in the right conversations to move us in a direction that's meaningful um, to yeah. help us be the best at what we do as well as an organization. Um, yeah, I'd like to know, put myself yeah. in their shoes. What would I want yeah. if your organization, uh, Janet, would come to you with a proposal, you're gonna ask for the same type of thing, right? Absolutely. And so why would we expect that somebody that is volunteering their time as an elected official would want anything less than that? Right. Yeah. And so good business practice is good business practice. Yeah, that's so good. So, you know, as we as we close today, you know, just thinking of, um, you know, just a last minute thought, Dale, as we think about measures that matter and and principles who are and as they, as the measures that matter connect to other principles. I know you are so big in terms of really looking at how you really build the right culture so that you can engage in those meaningful conversations. So any last minute thoughts you would leave us with today? Yeah, I, I think as I was preparing my thoughts to, to meet with you again, again, it's the data and the why. 
right? The, the more clear we can be with our organization, our boards, our stakeholders as to why it is that we're on this journey and why it matters, that alone, you can have missteps along the way, but at the end, your path will lead to a successful outcome. It's the, if I were to really boil it down, being really clear about the why and communicate it very often. So good. Dale, so, so glad to have you on our show. And as always, just, you know, phenomenal work that you and your team are doing and, and setting the model across the country. Other county governments should follow this, this path because we would all be better for it in our community. So thank you so much. Well, thank you. It's always great to see you, my friend. As you can see, Dale leads and is a model leader applying principle two measures that matter. So appreciative of Dale and the work that he does in county government. We can all learn from Dale's great leadership. He applies many of the principles, but I've never seen anyone apply measures that matter as well as Dale does. So just appreciate Dale being on our show today. I'd love to take a moment to invite you to our next virtual book club where we're diving into each chapter on my newly released book, Hardwiring Excellence in Education, a Nine Principles Framework. If you wanna grow as a leader, this book club is for you. It's for anyone who practices leadership, regardless of their position. So meet us twice a month for interactive sessions and discussions, starting next Monday through November 13th. Each meeting, we will go chapter by chapter as we dive into the nine principles. I'd love for you to join us. We've been through the intro and principle one, and now we're diving into principle two. So for details and to sign up, please head to studereducation.com slash hardwiring excellence. studereducation.com slash hardwiring excellence. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Accelerate for Your Performance. So please share this episode, if you would, with a friend or colleague that you think this episode would be meaningful to. And as always, I thank you for tuning in to Accelerate Your Performance. And I look forward to connecting with you next time as we continue to focus on the nine principles framework so that we can be our best at work and be great leaders. Have a great week, everyone. <music>